The Lord be with you. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We welcome you all to this morning's service as we gather around our Lord's name and with his word and very body and blood. A few announcements to make for this morning. First of all, Fall Sunday School and Bible class will meet, begin this morning at 9.30 a.m. Join us in the lounge for refreshments. And then adults head off into the gymnasium for a study entitled The St. Peter Option or to the Fellowship Hall for a new member class entitled Catechesis for Life. Sunday school children, kindergarten through fifth grade, begin with an opening in the music room. Sixth through eighth graders meet in the school, fifth grade classroom. The high school Bible class will meet in the school, seventh grade classroom. Please join us in the study of God's holy word. Today we highlight the important work of our Lutheran Women's Missionary League, their work of sharing the love of Christ throughout the world. Uh, please check out the bulletin for more details, and also they have a table set up uh, down on the landing there. Please check them out and support your work. One of the great ways is by uh, taking one of the mite boxes home and um, putting your mites, your loose change, in there throughout the week. Today we also begin our celebration of the 170th anniversary of Trinity Lutheran Church and School. Our focus will be on the newly refurbished bells. Today, our focus is on the mercy bell. Uh, inscripted on the bell is Misericordiae Domine, which is the merciful heart of God calling sinners to repentance. And so this morning, that mercy bell will call us to worship. A few announcements about our service today. First of all, the best way to follow along is to place your bulletin in the back of your hymnal. The panel serves as a guide. Simply go to the page indicated. Uh, we will be singing the intro this morning. Uh, the best way is to place that on page 186. I will sing the first verse. Please join me in singing the rest of them. And then also note during the between the Old Testament and Epistle reading, um, we will be invited to join to sing with the men's choir this morning. So please note that. I believe that's all for announcements this morning. Please stand, and the mercy bell will call us to worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Please kneel for confession and absolution.
O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. to God on high.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you invite us to trust in you for our salvation. Deal with us not in the severity of your judgment, but by the greatness of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the 20th Sunday after Pentecost is from Isaiah chapter 26. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Epistle is from Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I could do all things through him who strengthens me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there was a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord.
Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from the gospel lesson with special emphasis on the following words. Invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, maybe you don't fully understand this, but our Lord is inviting you here today to the wedding feast of the Lamb and his kingdom. That's right. Right here and right now. A reminder of his invitation is the small bell in our steeple called the Mercy Bell. Engraved on this bell are the words of Jesus, quote, I have not called the righteous but sinners to repentance. The Mercy Bell tolls for sinners, for you and me, gently inviting all of us to the wedding feast of the Lamb and his kingdom that has no end. Listen. Can you hear it? Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come, for they didn't have ears that hear. Their ears were tuned in to someone or something else. They weren't listening, and yet the call to repentance, the call from God to receive the forgiveness, life, and peace that he won for all through his suffering, death, and resurrection goes out. Now is the day of salvation. Ever since our Lord's suffering, death, resurrection, ascension into heaven, now is the day that he gently calls us sinners into his church to receive his forgiveness, his life, his peace that surpasses all understanding. Again, he sent other servants, Jesus' parable, saying, tell those who are invited, see, see, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready, but they paid no attention went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. Well, who are these servants? Well, it's the prophets of the Old Testament who proclaimed the grace and mercy of God. It's the apostles who proclaimed this grace and mercy of God, and you know how many of the prophets were killed? All of the apostles except one were killed. Why? Because they invited people to receive the mercy of God. They invited people to, see, to receive the mercy of God. And this call is still going out through your pastors, but also through you, members of the priesthood of all believers. And you need to know that often people aren't going to pay attention. 
They might even be mean to you and call you a bigot because you believe in the love of God that comes to us in Jesus Christ, even though that makes no sense. As part of the priesthood of all believers, you are called as well to make known, as we say, the love of Christ, right? And I think it's beautiful in our early childhood center how our little children can't wait to make that known. Even to their pastors, as we go over there, got one new one in class or in school, in 3K. She goes, Pastor, Pastor, did you know that Jesus died on the cross for my sins? And that he rose from the dead? Did you know that? Yeah, isn't it great? Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. It's wonderful, Pastor. And then she'll say that a couple more times before I leave. But I think that's beautiful, don't you? Don't you? What Jesus is talking about in his parable is an indifference to the Word of God. It's like people who have no relationship with God don't pay any attention to him. It's kind of like when you get in the mail, some junk mail, right? And you're like... invitation of this, that, or the other, and you, you don't know them, so you, you just throw it away, right? It's people who don't know God, and they're indifferent toward Him. And then there's people who do know Him, and, and they're just too busy. There are more important things to do, right? More important things. Really? This is a warning from our Lord himself. Don't spend all your time on the things that don't matter, on worthless idols. Look to me, I'm the source of your your life and your salvation. I've come to forgive your sins. I've come to have mercy. Out there in the world, there's no mercy. They'll get rid of you as soon as you don't agree with them. Our Lord, he is patient and kind. He keeps no record of wrongs. He gets rid of the wrongs. He's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That's who God is. You're too busy for that? And then in this text, it's it's amazing, right? There are those who, who hate the king, And so they see this opportunity as these servants are coming, the prophets, the apostles, the pastors, and even the priesthood of all believers today. There are those who kill us for confessing Jesus Christ because they hate God. And they want him dethroned. They hate him. Now, I think about that. And I think about how, you know, there are some people who, like, won't go to the president, you know, after winning maybe a a Super Bowl or an a NBA championship, they won't go and, and accept the invitation of the president because they don't like a particular president. I don't care who it is. They're, that's the kind of way it works today. Maybe that's kind of what's going on here. But even worse, if you genuinely hate the king, you seek to get rid of him by whatever means possible. I'm not going to share with you the gore of, of how awful it can get but we see it being played out right now, right? In Israel, the killing of human beings, even little infants, 
in horrific ways? Do you see how, how awful humanity is and has become because of the fall? And all of us fall short of the glory of God. You see what sinful humanity is capable of there. All of us. The only antidote to all of that is our God who comes to us in Jesus Christ not to destroy us, even for things like that, but to have mercy, to give us his life, and to take his death into himself. It says in the parable that the king was angry, right? And he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Well, in the end, isn't that what happens? The wages of sin is? Without God and Christ, that's our fate. That's our fate. So then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Why? They were cold-hearted. In other words, they're dead in their trespasses and sins. These people had lost their humanity. And really all of us have, right? What does Jesus say? Out of the heart comes murder, theft, adultery, all of those things that tear down, that destroy. Why go there? Why go there? So Jesus says about those who, who just won't receive it, who are cold to it, who just want nothing to do with it. He said, okay. He says to the servants, go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding pieces. A feast as many as you can find. So those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. Both those who were maybe considered the pillars of their community and, and those who were all messed up and who were maybe horrific in what they had done to other people and to themselves. The mercy is for everyone. The mercy is for every tribe, nation, and people, no matter how horrific it gets among us. Now is the day of salvation. Now you can turn in repentance and faith and receive forgiveness. The mercy bell tolls for sinners, no matter where they're from. Whether they're Hamas, Israelis, Arabs, Americans. That's what this means. No one is righteous. No, not one. We all deserve to have paid to us the wages of our sin, which is death. But God comes because he doesn't want that for us. He doesn't want that for any of us. The wedding hall we hear was filled with guests. Filled. Filled with all people of every era, tribe, and nation. Filled. We see a picture of that in Revelation. You can't even count them. Such is the mercy of God. There's nothing more beautiful than that. But when the king came in to look at the guests, says he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. 
He had no wedding garment. You know, in those days, you, you had to wear the proper attire, and the king would give you the attire so that you could receive these gifts that he was there to give. Shakespeare, I think, was the one who shared the thought, and later Mark Twain, he's the one who coined the phrase, remember this, the clothes make the man? Well, you were clothed with Christ, the man, the human being as we human beings were meant to be, and he clothes you with himself when you were baptized into Christ. You now share his humanity. He clothes you with his righteousness, as we sang about in the psalm, even in the intro today. Everything that belongs to him now belongs to you. Everything that the Son of God is owed, he gives to you. We are all children of God now through the love and mercy of God in Jesus Christ. But this guy who was without the wedding garment, he didn't think he needed that. And maybe there's some people here today who are gathered with us who don't think they need the love and the mercy of God, that they think maybe, well, I'm better than the other guy. At least I don't do that, right? Well, <laughs> you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, and if you're not there's no grace for you except in Jesus Christ. And he's offering you his grace. He's offering you to live in your baptism in the way of repentance and faith through the forgiveness of sins. And we need his forgiveness, all of us do, even your pastors, every single minute of every single hour of every single day of our lives. And that's what our Lord comes to bring. But that guy, he had no wedding garment. So what is said, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And the man was speechless. To be speechless is to be without a wedding garment. So really, he's speechless in regard to confessing his sins. He doesn't think he needs to. And he's speechless in regard to confessing his faith in Jesus Christ. He doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. You see? If we don't see we have a problem, we don't see the need of a savior. He was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness, the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. What's that place like? It's a place where our wants and needs are never satisfied. And God and others are forever hated. You know, someone who's bitter who just has that terrible outlook in life because they didn't get what they want and they don't see the need to turn away from that because that's, that's a dead end, right? But our Lord wants you to repent and receive the antidote to everything that's wrong with you. He doesn't want you bitter, spewing out hate-filled speech. He wants you rejoicing in the blessings that you have in Jesus Christ. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is here, right here and now. You can access all of the grace and mercy of God, so why be bothered? Nothing and no one can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What could make you more happy or joyful than that? No need to be bitter, even when someone treats you lousy when you don't deserve it. Because they treated him that way, and what does he do? He just loves them even more. And that's what we're called to do in Christ. Many are called, Jesus says, but few are chosen. 
Now, God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Who are those chosen? They're those who believe, who receive his gifts on this mountain. And the prophet Isaiah talks about that, doesn't he? On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make a feast of rich food. There it is. A feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of moral, of aged wine well-refined. And what will happen? He will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all the nations. He will swallow up death forever. And in the end, we just get a taste of this right now, but in the end, we get the the full, mo- the full meal. And what will happen then in the end? God will wipe away all tears from all faces. And the reproach of his people, will, he will take away from the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, by you, by me, by those saints who have gone before us, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us, what? Be bitter? No. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. In closing, the mercy bell is still ringing for you today, inviting you to the feast of victory for our God, and it will continue to ring for you until you die or until our Lord comes again in glory. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. As Robert Fark Pond reminds us, the only reason that judgment comes into it at all is the sad fact that there will always be dummies who refuse to trust a good thing when it's handed to them on a platter. Or as Pastor Brent Kuhlman puts it, quote, to be included is by God's grace, his gift to you. To be excluded is entirely your doing, your refusal, your turning away. He will compel you. He will lavish his gifts upon you, put the wedding suit on you, seat you at his table and feed you, but he won't force you to stay. The guests at this Good Friday wedding feast of the Lamb's table are free. They are not imprisoned. This is not a penitentiary. You are invited. You are clothed. The feast is ready. Come, rehearse and practice your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly King, your Son, Jesus Christ, purchased the Church with his precious blood. Preserve her in the pure teaching of your word, in the right use of your sacraments, and in the unity of faith. Bless those who are preparing for church work vocations, including Ruth, James, and Harvey. We also thank you for the work of Kathy Grubb in our 4KT Church Trinity, for the work of the Lutheran Women's Missionary League in proclaiming Christ supporting missions and equipping women and serving others. Lord, in your mercy.
Heavenly King, bless all families and homes in which our people dwell. Grant grace to the husbands, all husbands and wives, that they may fulfill their vocations to one another and to their children. Grant also that as family they may faithfully teach and learn the faith. We also thank you this day at the 61st wedding anniversary of Richard and Mary Matzdorf and the 45th wedding anniversary of Jean and Jeanette Renzelman. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly King, keep the coming of your Son always at the forefront of our hearts and minds, that subject for his sake to the fleeting powers of this world, we may live in continual godliness and peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly King, for whom we wait, grant healing and comfort to the sick, especially Chad recovering after open-heart surgery, Butch, who is hospitalized, Carla undergoing medical tests, Brad awaiting a kidney transplant, Renee, who will have major surgery this week, Michael undergoing tests, Bard for continued management of his illness, for Charles, Carl, Emmy, Tim, Benjamin, Bernadette, Sue, Jennifer, Sharon, Doris, Timothy, Ronald, John, and Mary, all in treatment for cancer, for Dorothy in hospice care. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly King, you prepared a table before us in the midst of those who refuse your invitation. Keep your church unstained by the world, that we may partake of your Lord's Supper worthily, clothed in his baptismal grace. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly King, give us such joy in pursuing what is true, just, pure, and worthy of praise, that spurning the temptations of this world, we would suffer no anxiety. Let our trust be placed fully in Christ, and let our hope rest in the life of the world to come. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. As we gather together the offering, we invite you to fill out the friendship registry.
the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is really meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who, having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Is do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Amen. Unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to Almighty God that you have refreshed us through the salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit. One God now and forever. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.